The Third Man Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! Jones star of stage and screen, I assume. How are you? I'm doing the best I can do away from home. So are we. <laughs> You're in New York City right now, the City of Lights. How are things in New York? You're going to see a show tonight, is that right? Yes, I'm going to see uh, Dresden Dolls. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to see Sweeney Todd and then uh, The Damned. So it should be a Wow. Oh, shit. You're going to see The Damned, your favorite. That's right. Very excited. That's fantastic. Did you know that after our last talk, I, 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 I was going to say downloaded. I actually didn't. I went to Amoeba Records and bought a bunch of Damned CDs, and I had myself a very good time. A damned good time. I completely believe it because that's that good. What did you get? What did you listen to? Well, I think I got the one either that's called Machine Gun Etiquette or has it on it on there. It's been a little while now, but uh, I enjoyed that one very much. In fact, I know how long of a little while it's been, Rob, because I looked it up, and the last time we talked to you was August 23rd, 2017. So not much has happened in those six years, I would say. 
it's been pretty, um, been pretty uh, low level, low key. <laughs> so as the world goes, yeah, no, it's, yeah. all the way up even <laughs> to today. Wow, just nothing going on out there. Trying to TV, yeah. it's static. Yeah, time to fly. I tell you what. <laughs> Faster if there's a pandemic out there. In those six years, Rob, uh, I also uh, became a Brian Wilson superfan. And during our oh. interview, I re- as I recall, you had talked to us about the song Doing Nothing or Busy Doing Nothing, where Brian sings the lyrics of the directions to his house. And at the time when you were describing that to me, I thought, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And now I think he might be connected to some sort of cosmic consciousness. Yes. I think that if you like someone enough that anything they do is marvelous, and I have evidence of that by my mother reacting to anything I did. So if you like Brian Wilson enough, like a mother, then I guess, yeah, sure, anything he does is like applause worthy. But uh, I don't know. the time you need. It's a lovely night. If you decide to come, you're going to do it right. Drive for a couple miles. See a sign and turn left for a couple blocks Next is mine, you'll turn left on a little road It's a bumpy one, you'll see a white fence Move the gate and drive through on the left side Come right in and you'll find me in my house somewhere Keeping busy while I wait He does have a motherly quality to him. Uh, he's he's a very soft gentleman who he just seems like I could just hug him. Oh no no, he's genius. I'm just saying him. maybe I'm saying he's he does he's done he's changed the world. He's as the biggest compliment I could ever give someone is there'd be a different world if you weren't around in it. He put a dent in it, but <laughs> that song in particular, <laughs> not, not so much a dent. Yeah, <laughs> not so much a dent. I, I One of my favorite B-sides in the world is Captain Sensible singing Turkey Song for the Damned. It's just him saying, if there's a turkey in your house, let it out over and over again. But I love it. But, you know, if you ask me to defend it as a genius piece of work, I would <laughs> put it down on the level of Brian Wilson giving out directions to his house. There's a turkey in your house, get him out. Get the turkey out, get him out of the house, get him out. There's a turkey in the house, get him out. Get the turkey out, get him out of the house, get him out. Get turkey out of the house. Get turkey out of the house, get him out. Get the turkey out, get him out. There's a rhino in the room, get him out. Get him out of the room, get the rhino out, get him out. I would say that song was less a concave dent and more of a convex kind of bump. Uh, he added no, <laughs> some, I, I some disagree. More I don't think any, I think the convex bump oh, is no. something trying to get out. I don't think anything was trying to get out. I think he thought it'd be <laughs> funny to do. He did it, and that's it. Sometimes people like to doodle. Honestly, he's yeah. right. Musicians doodle too. It is funny to do. Um, so and you know what? Credit wow. to him because guess what? That funny thing he did. We're talking about it twice now, so uh, you know yes, we, are, we are. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe, uh, and I've listened to it more than that. You know what? Maybe I—I uh, I was too quick. Maybe uh, he's a genius in all things. After all, uh, that is <laughs> remarkable. I could write a, a song about how to get to my house uh, in 
we would not be talking about it in 20 minutes, much less 20 years. All those sheet cakes he was eating was filled with those Alex Jones brain pills. He was just on another level. Wait, what? James is making a sheet cake of, a, of an analogy here where Brian Wilson devoured several Alex Jones style dietary supplements and became a, and that's how he did it. Is that? Oh, but I'm saying, is that, but is that true? Is no, okay. God, no, 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 that's what I didn't know. That's yeah. what because that sounded yeah. like that's oh, like yeah. I had the ring of truth to it. I was like, "Whoa, I didn't know about this." No, it's <laughs> definitely <laughs> is true. He would he would just eat birthday cakes and um, and watch uh, Johnny Carson, which is why there's also a song on the Beach Boys "Love You" album called Johnny Carson, uh, yes. which is literally just him describing Johnny Carson. <laughs> Sounds to me like during the sheet cake eating phase of Brian's when he's writing directions of Johnny Carson songs, he's really probably not really. Uh, Brian can hold a thought too hard, so he's kind of doing the George Glass, you know, Jan Brady style of songwriting, which is what's in front of me. Let me write about that. Oh, hi, George. Yeah. yeah. Sure, I can talk. Well, that's While My Guitar Gently Weeps. That's how we got that song. I forget what the philosophy is. It's a, there's a certain sort of Hindu philosophy about it where everything is relative to the moment you're in, and so that's when George took the book off the shelf, pointed to the first line, and that's how we got a classic. That sounds different from watching Johnny Carson going, I got an idea. <laughs> so that sounds a lot more like cool and spiritual. That sounds more like the Grateful Dead figure picking their name out of a book, you know, neat, but eating sheet cake and watching Johnny Carson. Now that doesn't sound like the same process. When, when Brian Wilson is finally gone from this earth, we'll have some really big shoes to fill. Oh, oh, God. It's the wrong host. Yeah, that's... Just... Oh, God. Ed McMahon. <laughs> no, it's Ed Sullivan. That's, that's, that's Ed Sullivan. But... Hey, 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 saw that Priscilla Presley movie's coming out in, a, in uh, less than a week. That's Hearing that sheet cake story just makes me think of all the... El- it's one of the Elvis stories people always seem to want to tell is what he ate. And just imagine being that famous mm-hmm. where people right. are... No, they don't want to know about what you ate, like healthily they want to know about your poor decisions probably to feel better about themselves yeah sure yeah the heinz uh taylor swift ketchup and possibly ranch uh thing they lit up the they lit up the empire state building to reflect the colors of the dipping sauces taylor swift was using in with her chicken tenders about a month ago i remember when i was in high school they used to light up the empire state building to uh uh help uh fight uh prejudice towards gay people with you know pride colors and and now we're lighting it up on. for our chicken sauce it's <laughs> awesome i'm sure the empire state <laughs> building is really happy it's that's what's what's doing now great I, it's sad i'm looking right at the empire state building i'm just looking at you shaking my head going, god you sorry son of a all bitch all those people eating lunch on those girders all it's fun fact chicken sandwiches and uh heinz ketchup possibly ranch as well possibly ranch a lot of things they don't um, tell you that that photo was posed and a lot of Heinz ketchup Elvis's deal was a um, plate of popsicles and two uh, cantaloupes you just have a just wow. a plate of popsicles that sounds fine honest to god that sounds fine for a f- human fly or a meth head <laughs> yeah sounds good <laughs> but by junk food standards today that's not so bad. That's popsicles? really that's him basically having a hummingbird feeder on his uh, frozen. <laughs> oh, Lord, 
the king of rock and roll, damn it. Um, Rob, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, do you want to share? Can we get the scoop? I don't know. Probably something awful. They might light up the Empire State Building about it. <laughs> I've I've eaten so much. I've eaten and drank so much gross stuff. I, I seriously, I it's just too many books in the library right now to even like bother to pull one out. Uh, I'll tell you one that's weak. But uh, one time I uh, drank a pint of malt vinegar uh, for I think it was twenty bucks. I can't remember. It wasn't that much. But I was worried I was going to it was going to hurt my kidneys. I have very I have terrible kidneys. They're like allergic to everything. So I I didn't know what a pint of malt vinegar was going to do. I feel like it would just eat a hole in your stomach mostly. No, it wouldn't do. I didn't think it was going to do anything great. So I went in the bathroom at the <laughs> restaurant. I had to wait a while because I didn't want to lose the money. So I had to look like I was like being cool. And I was like, I'll be, I'll be right back. And then I went off and I was like, I got to vomit this stuff out. I was like, uh, what's his name in Breaking Bad? I was just very politely went into the bathroom to remove the poison from my body. And uh, I, I remember trying to – I could put my hands around, around my mouth as if I was going to muffle the sound of it, you know. <laughs> but uh, it did not. I saw, some, uh, I saw some feet come in and walk the hell out as soon as I was like going, brah. And I got to tell you, if you, if you think vomit's not a great smell, uh, try malt vinegar uh, vomit. It's <laughs> not the best. I'm sure yeah. this, is, this is some people's worst nightmare of a podcast right, right now. This <laughs> yeah. is about that. But if you had passed that evening, we would have had some really big shoes. Oh, I feel I could fill that guy's shoes with my my vomit. For the love of God, let's talk about some music stuff. You brought it up. <laughs> it's true. He did the grossest thing you ate. What do you think it's going to lead to? What do you think I was going to say? I ate two jelly bellies at the same time. Oh no, no, it was um, gross stuff. Anyway, Rob, it was 2017 when we last spoke to you. It was a simpler time. And in that time, we have gotten, let's see, one, two, three, four additional Jack White projects, all of which you've contributed to in some way. I was hoping to just kind of kind of catch up a little bit on some of that, and then we can catch up on where you are and plug some upcoming stuff. You know, when we last spoke with you, it was during the Jack drought, where we hadn't had much in a little while. We had gotten used to like a record a year, and then he was like three years with nothing, and... Boy, we were very greedy, greedy people. But at the time, then, that was, of course, broken by Boarding House Reach, which you continued to do the singles for, these single covers. And I was wondering, these connecting single covers, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much you can reveal about these. We do know that there are quite a few now. Is there some master plan, do you know? Or is this just the building out of the mosaic as we go, do you think? Hmm. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to talk about that. No, well then maybe I will say this. I think this is easy to say. Move on to the next one here. No, 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 no. I think I say this. Okay. I there was, I believe, definitely a master plan for the first solo album. Yes. Right. But I think it would be unreasonable to believe that there was a master plan that was going to encompass the next twenty years. And the thing was, I believe it's just and you know, I take it back. There might have been a master plan for Lazaretto. He might have, I was not involved in those singles. So um, he might have already had that idea in his head, too. I have no idea. But I do know for the all this other stuff, it was just basically, hey, I, I got to get on tour. Don't have photos. Can you make more singles? 
If I learned anything from the way I watched Lost, J.J. Abrams' famous Lost, um, is that there was a master plan uh, going in, and no one was disappointed <laughs> that there wasn't. I think there was a master plan for J.J. Abrams, and I think everyone guessed it immediately in the first season. I think everyone's like, oh, they're in Purgatory, <laughs> obviously. And they're like, people are still reading about, know about Purgatory? I thought that was like, and like yeah, there's... We all got friends with Catholics in high school. Jeez. And so I think they changed everything until the last season. Then, yeah, then it ended up being back in purgatory, their very initial idea. I think you're probably right about that. Now, we know you get emails from Jack that you don't talk over the phone. At least I assume that is still correct. You're given themes around albums for how to continue out the mosaic, or is it more of vague direction? Hey, here's where we might want to go kind of thing. Or is there anything else you can share about the plans for those singles and the, the look of them? I send stuff in and he either approves or he gives notes. Wow. But for the last one, I mean, obviously again, even if I'm not talking to him, I mean, it's I'm still taking stuff that I know is from, you know, coming out of what he, you know, is putting out there or is talking about. For example, um, the weird statue of, right. of his idealized self. This. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. showed me. He, he showed me that statue. He, you know, mentioned why he liked it and why what is why it's important to him. I did my own little research on it. I noticed too, like a lot of fans, I think that it had been with him since you know White Stripes days. You see it in the on the table in some of those early uh, interviews with him and Meg in their house. So I knew that was. I don't know. Just having all that in my swirling in my head. That's all stuff Jack's putting into the into the cement mixer and then know uh, what comes out, you know, either hits right. or doesn't hit. Yeah. I'll tell you what though, he has increased the, the market price on that particular statue extensively. Yes. Oh, I was tempted to buy him up, dude. I knew, I think is I, I'm aware of it before I came out. So I was like, dude, I could, I saw them all on eBay. I was like, you can get these right now. <laughs> Be a real dick. But I was like, I <laughs> let folks have some fun when it comes out. I have been looking for the plastic angels that are in the Lazaretto shoots, uh, and I cannot find the same mass-produced plastic angels. We only found out they were plastic because we found the place where he took the photo for Lazaretto, and James and I went there, and we went to the spot with the angels, and it's it's next to the the water pump for the pool and the and the garbage. And the plastic angels, you think, when you look at that cover, they look like sort of these wonderful marble statues or something but they're actually uh similar to the garbage they sit next to <laughs> i gotta tell you i remember when pulp fiction came out you could not find a ceramic kangaroo to, you know put your pocket watch and now it seems i run across that kangaroo all over the place <laughs> i think is i think people with after a long time goes by people start recognizing hey it's the i don't know bottle opener from that cover of pink floyd and it starts showing up a lot more people start not throwing it away or pulling it aside from the garage sale. So I'm almost, almost guarantee you in the future we'll probably have some of those angels popping up being sold as Jack White angels. Little known fact, that briefcase was full of those kangaroos. That's They just didn't want to show it. <laughs> <clears throat> so you, I don't believe, were involved in the main cover art on Boarding House Reach. Is that correct? No, no, I wasn't involved at all. Just the singles on that one. And so then after that, the next one we get is Help a Stranger. Mm-hmm. 
If you call me, I'll come running. You can call me anytime. And these sixteen strings were strumming. They will back up every line. There's a motivation about you. Now, this one, we know that Patrick Keeler, once again, we know he's always involved or, or typically involved in some way because he's an artist and a typographer in his own right. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about collaborating with Third Man and, I guess, Patrick Keeler on the uh, Help a Stranger project here? I have the, the vault version that has the, what do you call this? It's not lenticular. lenticular. Or is it lenticular. Is it lenticular? Yeah. And lenticular. then underneath is the butcher cover, which is cool. I had nothing to do with that. That's got nothing to do with me. Although I think it's a great idea. I love uh, I love that Beatles story. But uh, as far as uh, the cover goes, um, I want to say Patrick reached out actually, but it was you know, obviously the the Rock and talked around and they had some uh, some roughs they weren't really feeling. And he goes, "Hey man, we got really no time on this. Uh, do you think you could take a stab at it?" And I. I looked at, I said, can you show me the stuff that y'all weren't feeling? And, um, I really embarrassed. I can't remember the designer's name. I got a fun fact. That was supposed to be folded in half, by the way. This? Really? <laughs> yeah. But they liked the, yeah, they liked the insert not unfolded. So they just kept it that way. But that's why that it's so oddly laid out. At any rate, um, huh. they reached out. Uh, I, I looked at some other, uh, designs that they had, uh, perused. I, I can't remember the name of the, Tristan McNatt? Yes. Tristan had this uh, cool uh, a rough that was uh, these neon hands, uh, like interacting. And uh, I, I don't know, something about that. Plus, there's just the idea of hands in general with the raconteurs of the old, uh, the old right. uh, single from the first record. I don't know. It kind of spoke to me. I think I probably also had in my head the, the old Porky sign. I used to watch a movie a lot when I was a kid. So the idea of just neon signs that go back and forth for like a kind of a weak animation. <laughs> And that Star Trek episode too, right? Honestly, it was absolutely that Star Trek episode. That's it's. I I had to bring that up. I said, heads heads up. There's a big green hand that's already famous, and uh, I want to make sure that, <laughs> that was that they knew that might be influencing it. But all those marbles were shaking around, and then I just it came. It just hit me about that uh, about the crosswalk sign. That uh, if you turn it on its side, it'd be a hand kind of you know helping out, or better yet, catching the person that's falling. The if they're on the side, it would look like they're suddenly caught by hand. Right. And I, I, I had the idea. I, I went downstairs. Uh, my wife was working on uh, her computer. I was like, Hey, um, I think I have an idea. Told her the, the picture to her. And she's like, ah, I don't know. I was like, Ugh. I really, she actually made me think it wasn't that great. <laughs> I, 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 here's the deal though. I was like, I really think this is it. So I, I did a quick mock-up and I sent it over anyway. And uh, I mean, normally I would never, I would just go, yeah, you're probably right. But uh, I took a chance on this one and it really uh, resonated with him. Uh, Patrick went out and uh, took photos like the next night, I think. He's like, I said, well, you, we have to yeah. get like photos from, uh, I've get some photos from uh, iStock or something. And Patrick's like, there's a, there's a crosswalk near my house. Let's go take a photo of it. I think he got like a stepladder and went two snaps. Really? 
I put the that brick wall I put on there. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering, yeah, because I was wondering if he did vandalism no, or not. That'd be great if he did. <laughs> he um, did a vandalism. I it's fine. I was wondering if he did vandalism. Uh, it's interesting because it, for me, I mean, I'm sure I'm wrong about this, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway because it's the internet and I'm a white man. Uh, it, to me, it's Next. kind of signaled the start of, for me, in, at least in rock records, these kinds of more symbolic looking cover. Maybe not the start, but kind of in the in the the first two records are shots of the band. Like there's literally photos of the band. And then when you get to this one and there's nothing, was that a conscious, was that ever discussed? Like you want the band on here at all? Or, or was it intentional to, to keep it feeling a little more, or do you don't know? I have no idea. Uh, I asked if they had any photos. They did not. I think that probably informs it. I know that happened with dead weather, dead weather. They only had time for one photo shoot and they go, hey, so do you have any other photos besides the ones y'all have used on every news you know, story announcing this band, but nope, we've got these five. So wow. uh, I, I imagine it's just with any band, as the longer they go on, the members all, you know, get busy. Probably don't have time to have that, you know, really cool photo shoot where they all got the props. And I mean, you got to remember that even stuff like Consorzo Lonely, I imagine that was like at least two weeks a week prep. Who knows? I imagine that's just the case, folks. Uh, bands, when they as the the longer on it goes, they just you know less time to put all the energy into the uh, into the album jacket because you think you also get older and you realize people are buying it more for the uh, music, less so for the uh, jacket. <laughs> so be, I think they get to a point like let's just ask that weird bald guy; he can probably come up with something real quick. People are just going to buy this direct for the music, right? Right? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So I think in the end, yeah, I think most bands just kind of come to that realization that even though they fell in love with that, you know, cover of Holy Diver with, you know, the monster in the on Dio, it could have just been a black cover said the Dio logo on it. You'd still love it just as much, I think. You'd still love all those songs. I mean, the Talking Heads did it with the with that with that metal kind of thing at one point. And it was like, yeah, I... I cover i don't really care for that much but the the rest of it yeah, that's true rob i don't know if you've seen the cover for the new Beatles single but it is basically just that and i don't care for it i like yours mm. quite a bit um what i'm saying is you're better than the Beatles. i have not clicked on any of that stuff i'm sorry i was like i thought we already went through this with uh what was the last with the anthology yeah, what was the the, yeah. the lost song in the anthology i can't remember the name of it Free as a bird uh, and real love. Yeah, so this is the third song that they couldn't clean the audio properly back in '95, and so they've. That's where all this AI comes from. It's not. It's not them generating new voices. It is them using AI technology to clean what was 
previously really hard to clean back in 1995. So you're getting the third song. All four of them are on it. George, George and Paul worked on the song. They just abandoned it when, well, George was primarily responsible for saying, fuck this, it's too dirty. George thought it was too dirty? What do you mean? The tape itself. He, he thought it was, oh. the, the quality was shit. And so he told Paul, this is shit. And Paul went, no, it's like John Lennon. Like, we could do this. And George was like, it's shit, and I'm not doing it. And Paul went, but come on. And George went, no, and walked away. Uh, and now he's dead and can't do anything about it. Anyway. I was saying, um, that sounds like Paul. That was a perfect impression of Paul and his appeals to folks. Come on. Come on. Um, so then after that, the next one here, you were involved in this? Nope. We have the White Stripes, the Detroit Institute of the Arts. I, I have a credit for you on this. Oh, really? Wow. What's the credit? I, well, it was it was on Discogs. It says not involved. It's, no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's you had nothing to do with the the live at the. No. What do they What do they say? It just it it had you listed on Discogs as having worked on. Uh oh. So I was going to ask about it. But well, then Discogs is a filthy liar. Also, by the way, Discog they says are. I did the cover for uh, Autographs, 1983 debut. And I was like, nope, not, not this Rob Jones. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of Rob Joneses. I uh, remember when I used to have a Blockbuster card, there's at least 16 of them in Austin. <laughs> you could have made uh, like a bandit with so many videotapes. No, they said, sir, I go, Is it, am I in the system? They turned the thing around and it was like, Sheet of Rob Joneses. And I was like, oh, that's me right there. And I pointed, yeah. Oh, no, I pointed at the, my address. Yeah. You were like, oh, no, it's the one with all the pornography and the, the late fees. And no. the oh, yes. ti- Titanic. Did, did, did Blockbuster have a pornography theater? Do we know? <laughs> they did not. No, they were, they were staunchly against it. Although they did have special instructions on how to return the Titanic video. Was Blockbuster the one that did like the edited version, edited tapes of like certain releases? I don't think. Oh, uh, maybe. Like they might, like it would have been a Titanic, but for some reason they would have had like the nudity removed for like two seconds, or the, it was, it was some real extreme, like I don't know, cleanup. It, 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 I remember it made uh, filmmakers upset, so they had to like uh, do away with it. Well, they had Steven Spielberg put a radio in front of, uh, in front of her while she was getting drawn. It's a walkie-talkie. We have <laughs> you know walkie-talkie. It's, 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 whatever. Just give Steven Spielberg some, uh, some credit. Uh, he. He did that, and then he came back, and he's like, you know what? That was a bad idea. I should never have done that. <laughs> oh, I should never. You should let films live as they were put out. That's that's insane. You know, all no apologies to my uh, good friend George Lucas, but I think, uh, you know, once you uh, close the watch, keep it closed. And then he made a film which was just directions to his house, which was strange. <laughs> um, I didn't care for that. Well, give him enough time, you never know. He did. It was called uh, what was it? Meet the Spiegelmans or something like that. <laughs> what so, was it, the new one that I was trying to remember the fake Spielberg name in the movie. Line. I was going to say, yeah, God, meet the um, Fablemans. <laughs> meet the Spiegelmans. <laughs> Fablemans. There it is. I do kind of like meet the Spiegelmans though. Uh, the next one here. Now this is another one like Boarding House Beach, where I don't think you were involved directly in the the actual LP. Nope. I was Gerard. I was involved. I was involved in every aspect of that, down to those. You were okay. Yeah. So here's this. Mm-hmm. Like, mean? I opened this up, and I think I emailed you at the time, and I said, 
what the hell? Because I work with Mikel Janine all the time, and he never said anything about this. And I emailed him that night, and I went, hey, okay, so what we're talking about now, the people who can't see, we're talking about uh, Fear of the Dawn and the wonderful artwork within Fear of the Dawn. And one of the portraits, wonderful portrait of Jack White is by renowned comic book artist, I guess illustrator in general, but it, I think he's most well-known for his comic book work, Mikel Janine. Oh, yeah. I saw someone, holy shit. And I recognize that signature anywhere because it's really easy. So so you hooked Jack up with Mikel on that, right? Uh, Jack wanted to work with Mikel specifically. He's like, I can you find this guy and get him to draw me? Uh, not as the Joker, but I like this kind of how he's doing the hair and how he's doing the, the face and the clothes. Huh. Like, yeah, I'll uh, find out. And I, I rung up my uh, uh, jock. I said, hey, do you uh, know this guy? I said, yep. And he made an intro. And then uh, Mikkel was like, sure. My kid will think I'm cool. Let's do it. (laughs) So so it was through Jock. That's amazing. Yeah, so Jock, another famous comic book artist, does a lot of great work. I would suspect, I wonder how Jack saw his Joker. I know Mikkel did the covers for The War of Jokes and Riddles, which is for the Tom King Batman stuff. So perhaps that's where he found it. But I was wondering. It was a long time ago. Jack isn't. It was he, yeah. he brought up Mikkel like, but way before this album even came out. No, War Jokes and Riddles was like 2019, I think, or 2018, something like that. I swear, I know this was something he had, he had brought up earlier. There's uh, uh, there maybe were two or three other artists that he had been he had brought up over the between the Boarding House Reach and and this, where he's like, if it's possible to use this artist next time, we we need a portrait or something to be great. If we could use this person. That's amazing. So I put it in the book. Uh, He's not necessarily a comic book guy, although we'll get to that in a moment. This is Olivia Jean, right? Yeah. So Olivia Jean's art here, which is really cool. Uh, if you have the CD, you can see all this stuff as well. But it's really, I encourage everyone, if you don't have that Fear of the Dawn LP, you get this artwork at much bigger. And I also love that they're kind of loose here. They're not a booklet. Yeah. The idea is to be kind of weird and scattered. The idea of the Fear of the Dawn is you're staying up all night and, you know, wait, just, I've been in this mentality of only living during the night and you know having kind of a revulsion towards the the sun coming up I actually did a terrible piece of art called uh, hello aurora about it just charlie brown holding his knees waiting for the sun to come. <laughs> it's true something about uh, that light just looks gross to me it's just sickly i don't know i don't care for that light either involved in every aspect of this so this front cover is interesting this is the first time we see like an illustrated jack white on the cover of one of his albums but i really appreciated that we got it because i just am a fan of personally when we see the artists on the on the covers uh, uh but uh so talk to us a little bit about this one well uh the front cover fear the dawn yes for a lot of uh yes for a lot of artists to participate i got as many as i possibly could not everybody could make the uh, could make the quick deadlines because it was. It was a bake. Was it a bake off? 
a little bit because we knew if it wasn't going to be used on, on the cover, it'd be used some in the interior. The idea was just to have as much art by as many. Di- Jack said he wanted as much art by as many different artists as possible. He wanted as uh, heterogeneous a presentation as opposed to. God, I'm sorry. It's it's a big early morning. Uh, Entering heaven alive, which would be more homogenous in presentation. Like you'll see, there's like a thousand blues on this, but there's only one blue in Entering Heaven Alive. It felt like I I could continue digging through. Like I opened it up and I was I kept finding something that surprised me, and I really did enjoy that uh, aspect of it. It was a fun package to kind of wrap my head around. It wasn't a nice, neat booklet that I probably would. I mean, I I read the booklets, but I probably would have been like, oh, that's great. I'll get to it later. But it was me like peeling back page after page and going like, well, and there's cool artwork on all of it that is engaging and keeps you um, kind of focused on looking at the material. And so it felt like a more cohesive, as, as much as you say, it's heterogeneous. It felt cohesive enough to like, want to look at this while playing the album. And I was, my focus was on. Was it because it's cohesive or because it wasn't cohesive? That's what made it engaging because it's such a loose mess. Even the orientation, there are like different, One's going this way, one's going that way, different uh, paper stocks, different finishes. What I'm saying is that the cohesion was that I was focused on not only the music, I was focused on the album as a whole because there was a lot to... So, like, it kept my attention. That's what I meant by cohesive. Like, it was just like, this makes me want to continue looking at this. I guess that cohesive well, was the wrong mission word. Mission accomplished. But... <laughs> you did it, Rob. <laughs> this 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 lady, uh, she having an orgasm? This lady? No. Uh, you have to ask the artist, Sarah Duck. Uh, but I do know that is uh, one of uh, that's another artist. Jack definitely wanted to make sure uh, I contributed something. He really likes Sarah's work. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be nice. Dawn. Or it's Dawn. That's Dawn. Interesting. Coming on on. Uh, she's, yeah, she's clutching here. She's well, she's also quiet. Clutching. That's why uh, no shoes. And then the uh, the winged feet. It's flying in. Interesting. That's done. And then or dusk, sorry, not done. Dusk. I apologize. No, that's Olivia Jean. That's Olivia Jean. The ghost is by. Guys, it's embarrassing. I didn't know I was going to have to know so many names today. (laughs) Uh, It's Comic Arts. He also did all the other other illustrations uh, throughout. Johnny Dombrowski. Sorry, Johnny. Uh, Johnny D. Yeah, he did that. And the thing on the the other uh, collection of lyrics, the little. uh, it says fear and yeah, that right there. Those are all Johnny D uh, illustrations as well. These are beautiful. I love these. He actually had those already published online as part of yeah. some sort of weird uh, Halloween poem. And uh, I was like, hey, dude, if we take this text off and put your stuff on it, this kind of fits. And uh, Jack went for it. I was happy that uh, they released him as a, a set of screen prints and stuff too. It was, um, I mean, it was the promotional screen print, so you couldn't get your hands on all of them if you wanted. But I had nothing to do with that. How dare you? <laughs> no, I know. Once you turn it in, after that, then it's uh, third man uh, in-house. Yeah, yeah. uh, I figured stuff out. Jordan and them. That said, uh, it was nice to get the artwork, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the, the coolest Sorry. one, I think, was that line, uh, the Tiger one. Because uh, that's the only way to get a big version of it was to get that screen print. It's on the album. It's only mm-hmm. this big. 
Yeah, it's teeny. And then the the it was a they blew it up to be the cover of the version for oh, fuck. What is the Rough Trade? Uh, no, uh, yeah, Rough Trade. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, the Rough Trade version has the tiger as the cover, I believe. I had nothing to do with that. I imagine what happened was someone probably looked at that tiger. It could have been Jack, who knows? And went, why is this cool drawing so tiny? <laughs> Jeez, lead with this, your, your strength. Just put this and in then the they thing. put it on a shirt. Yes. I see that Rough Trade in Portland, Oregon here at Music Millennium all the time, and I keep thinking, I would love this, but it is $50. <laughs> about entering entering heaven alive i'm holding this yeah that's a weird one talk to us about entering heaven alive so we got not one but two jack albums last year i mean we know you took that photo yeah yeah. (laughs) it's actually not quite technically quite a photo it's a photo but it's also been uh it's also sarah deck here's the problem we had we got this photo it wasn't enough a resolution enough to use for a cover I could cheat, but it would. It's a lady on a using a loon, right? That's a loom mm-hmm. or a loon? No, a yeah, loom. It's like, loom. It's like some giant machine in front of her. Uh, it's called the uh, Rhythm of Labor. Is the name of the uh, photograph? Oh, I can't remember the right. photographer. They passed away, I believe, but a uh, Russian photographer. But uh, it's uh, so it worker right. in front of their loom, and it looked. I mean, here's the deal. This is a photo Jack picked. I had never seen it before in yeah. my life, and he's like this. I'm like, oh, wow, it's. Matches the title. Perfect. Amazing. So my job was just to make that look as good as possible. What I ended up having to do was uh, I contacted Sarah. I was like, can you... A long time ago, we had to do this uh, record for Luke Cage, Power Man, uh, for the Netflix uh, series, the Marvel series. Um, And uh, the problem was Marvel owned all the stuff, but they didn't own the the show itself, the images for some reason, mm-hmm. like we could use all the, we could use all the trademarks, all the, and, and draw the dudes and whatever we want to do. But as far as using photographs from the show, Netflix owned that. And they were going through a bit of a tussle at the time, as I'm sure we saw in the papers. And uh, we could not use photographs uh, on the back cover. So the workaround, I was curious, is could we, if I had Sarah Deck, absolutely photorealistically execute these set photos but perfectly not just draw on top i'm just making a perfect this is an artist doing this with they yeah. pass and uh she did one as a as a practice for practice and it was here's the deal I, I told her i was like look i want this to be perfect before i add noise on it so if i don't add noise it's for grain and whatnot i want this to people who think this is a photograph and it's exactly what she did and uh Wow. Look, time passes and we get the same situation here, except this situation is it's a crappy looking photo. So I wanted to be able to use the actual photo. I didn't want to fake it and just have Sarah's drawing. So it's a blend of 
my previous cheats, some other, uh, some weird uh, run-throughs with some uh, some software that uh, one of Sarah's friends had from NASA. It was like some imaging software used on the AI. No, it was like some oh, ancient kidding. stuff uh, for like the bro- Mars rover or something that happened to be look work really well with uh, graphics. And then uh, Sarah's drawing, and then the uh, original photograph. And we blend them together to get a really nice, crisp image. Please God, don't tell anyone what I do or what I have done. When my father gets to heaven, please spare him the telling of the ways I've been sinning ever since the beginning. He won't understand. And even if he did, I'm still here, so So I want to talk about this back cover. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Houses of the Holy in that there are a lot of child butts. Oh. Um, talk, talk to us a little about how this one, another Jack pick, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, it looks like there wasn't as much touching up perhaps needed on this one because it looks like just like the straight up photo. Oh, these are, these are all government photos. So they're perfectly yeah. high res. Uh, this, this is a uh, air raid uh, drill in the forest. At uh, the Secret City, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, Knoxville is where they developed the uh, A bomb. Oh, interesting. If you uh, there's this place, no Knoxville, it's a place in Tennessee where they uh, were basically. If you watched Oppenheimer, it's where they were uh, uh, trying to gather all the uh, Barbies, Barbies, the molecules in order to you know get enough to make uh, Fat Man or Little Boy. I can't remember which one, but uh, that was this joint and they here's the deal it was so secret billboards going in and out basically saying don't tell anybody but it was a, a complete city it had a little, had a had a shopping center it had a bowling alley it had a car wash it had a, a department stores at yeah. christmas they had a, a guy playing santa claus that was probably like you know the army commandant or some shit but uh, the main thing is this uh they had no one is allowed to have a camera in the in this in the town one guy was allowed. One guy he had two assistants, nice. and they took all the photos. So this photo was taken by that guy, that fellow. That is interesting. So I think, and the other images in there too are from that same air raid where you see the uh, people was, just walking off into the distance. I was about to ask. It's so dystopian, which is sort of funny because to me this record feels like a happy record. Um, I is. don't know how what your impressions of the music were, but it is sort of funny to me that um, sounds like he's in love with the record to me. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, in fact, some of my favorite track, it, probably my favorite Jack album in quite a long time is Entering Heaven Alive. Uh, James and I talked about this one on the show quite a bit, but um, help me along. I cannot get enough of that song. Yeah, it's really sweet. That was, it sounds like McCartney. So I'm a McCartney guy, if you couldn't tell all the McCartney references, but it sounds like McCartney. I know Jack's a McCartney guy too, So, but he doesn't always channel Macca. But I think he did there.
help me along And I promise to tell you how I feel all along I'll keep nothing else from you Help me along and I'll Yeah, for me, it was, I gotta admit, it was a really tough uh, record to work on. Um, I put a lot of effort into the layout of the lyric sheet just to make sure that was absolutely perfect and also have that kind of weird divide. But uh, uh, my sister was uh, sick at this point. Oh. And it was, I really kind of wanted to not work on this record and go be with her. But she enjoyed talking about, she really liked uh, Jack White. She really liked, uh, like her whole house had a bunch of all my posters stuff framed up and when he would come to Knoxville I'd make sure she got good tickets and she'd go see the show but it was a difficult thing to work on an album called Entering Heaven Alive while uh, <sighs> trying to talk to your sister every morning and not knowing you know, how long it was going to be and then I'm so uh, sorry, Rob. oh it sucked because here's, here's the deal uh, it here's exactly how it was going on at the same time uh, I had to stop at the very end I was like I, I might have to go to Knoxville that's why I called it I don't want to tell them like say what's going on but I said I'm going to have to go to Knoxville that's the case I'm going to have to send you all this uh, what we got left you know have to handle the CD layout because I'm not going to be able to do it I'm going to you know be over there but uh, yeah I have to imagine informed it a little bit because it was I was just like working on that just wrecked every morning but um, I don't know hopefully it it looks nice it's weird it's weird that was that going on because you're right the album's just so positive so sweet I think that kind of helped me too I'm very sorry to hear that, Rob. There we go. That's awful. Um, we got made of all the records to have to work on of that title. Jeez. Oh, I said it could have been worse. It could have been. It could the album could have been called "Your Sister's Dying," and I'd be like, "Ah, oh, jeez, what are the odds?" <sighs> yeah. Um, I think uh, what I've heard from people and i guess it was sort of true with myself too is that at the very least i I hope that um creative energy was uh some sort of a help to you in those moments Uh, maybe it wasn't no uh, it's weird uh, as soon as it happened as soon as the news came i couldn't do it i couldn't do anything my arms were just lead i had no desire to i thought i was like yeah you read about that but you know what man it's a certain level it gets another level you don't want to do anything but uh, get enough uh, distance from it yeah I gotta say, everyone, yeah. the word, what everyone says. It's the first time I really had, you know, lost anyone like that. Like, you, you lose your grandma, you're like, oh, it's about time, jeez. But, right. oof. Um, they say it takes a year, and that's absolutely true. It's kind of weird. Like, my nephew and I were kind of talking, like, I can't believe it. The, the body, the, your brain does it, uh, kind of like heals it. Boy, I feel like James, I feel like I derailed it. Uh, to me, it's been a year. I'm all, I'm all right now. So. No. Yeah. No, no, no. You're, it, it's fine. I'm, I'm happy that, that you, you're sharing this with us. Because I, thought, I thought it was an interesting fact for the, yeah. uh, for the record.
actually, just looking at you, put that. That's another interesting thing too. Uh, I believe that. No, uh, Jack, that uh, again. That took me forever. But uh, that's another directive from Jack was uh, no gatefolds, and um, right. I understand why. I knew when he said it, I was like, "Yep, makes sense." Just to make a change, it's been gatefolds forever. Just to have them be a little bit different. Also, it helped that uh, it could help production be quicker because it was, came at the time when you know. Adele's uh, record was uh, eating up all the everyone's production time, even even right. even a man who owns a, a record factory. Yeah, that was probably around the time he was um, trying to get the pressing plants to step up. <laughs> Specifically, uh, not the pressing plants, but the major labels to step up and build pressing. Oh yeah, right. they listened. My place I work at now is building a or built a a plant in Denver. It's, I'm very excited. But it's interesting, though, that those problems persist because the major labels are able to handle it. Like I was able to go to the record store with my daughter yesterday and pick up the new Taylor Swift LP on the day it came out. Same with Olivia Rodrigo. But Margot Price, who is not on a rinky-dink label, her record is delayed like the vinyls delayed by over a month, which I thought was just sort of really telling that even that disparity between... Yeah, but who knows? Margot Price... It, yeah. it could have been pressing. It could have been all sorts of things. I'm... Um, we are VMP. We offered uh, that we we're going to give um, Tyler Stout's Goonies soundtrack for sale in uh, late summer, and it is October. And what the problem is is just the art takes a minute to get approved, takes a minute to go through clearances, yeah. and takes a minute to uh, just figure it all out. Sometimes you never know what. Shout out here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, th- so things do move slower, Rob, in Portland. <laughs> I found okay. things seem to be moving slower everywhere. Let's talk a little bit about the, the, the should we talk about the cover we did? Sure. Right? A little bit? Yeah. Uh, so we did a cover. Uh, I, I had approached you just because I like your artwork. It had nothing to do with Jack White uh, when I emailed you, but it was just, you know, I was looking to do some some cover artwork with you on a, on a book called Batman and Superman World's Finest. And then you had the wonderful idea like, hey, it was right during the uh, Supply Chain Issues tour, the release of these albums. You thought, hey, let's tie this in here. Let's do kind of something with the um, Fear of the Dawn entering Heaven Alive imagery. And suddenly we had Jack White on a cover of a Batman and Superman comic book. Talk to us a little bit about how you approach that cover and uh, tell the people a little bit about uh, maybe some of the differences between that and the second printing because, and this is true, it did sell out. Uh, I think, yeah, so you got asked to do it. I knew, obviously, like I think all of us know that uh, Jack's a big um, comic book uh, fan, especially Batman. And as has been famously pointed out over the years, I think Conan O'Brien said it first, that yeah, he, he kind of looks like a Batman villain in a way. <laughs> with, all, with the two bins as his, you know, the sidekicks or whatever. But yeah. Um, <laughs> It's weird. Uh, I also the the fact that uh, he asked, you know, asked about Mikkel and uh, you know, who's so associated with the Joker. It just made me think this is perfect for a for a Jack thing. The Emery Swirlbus uh, statue was actually he brought her up uh, during the tour. Uh, yeah, Jack was like, "Hey, there's an artist I found. I think is uh, she did this." poster uh for a like a fake poster for a show like i liked it i like a lot of her uh sculptures we should uh, see if we can get her to do a poster awesome i did not get to work with her on that that was actually a uh, uh, row peter hands did that but uh i there was a statue she did where i looked at it. i was like i that you saw it i was the first thing i thought of was like my god it's batman because it 
had the pearls. Every iteration, however you tell the story, you got to include the pearls in some way. And there they were just constantly swirling on his face, making it look like a skull and everything else kind of looked like, you know, Batman stuff. And uh, I, I don't know, just one thing led to another. It just seemed like it uh, fell, fell, to, fell to place with it being two albums of two different viewpoints and how Superman and Batman are so diametrically opposed. I don't know. Yeah. It felt great. Uh, I did, I did, uh, where I, there was a really cool back cover I did or a really cool uh, collection of covers I did for Entering Head of Alive where I did uh, Batman Superman stories and I did every song as a different cover. Uh, <laughs> it's, try to get it approved, but uh, it does, it, it violates some, uh, some DC uh, uh, character protection, I guess, or stuff. So it probably won't come out, but I don't know. It was a, it was a fun project. And yeah, then it, uh, I don't think, I think people saw it when they saw their, uh, you know, for, up for order and they're like, what the hell is this? And no one ordered. Then when it came out, someone's like, Hey, it's Jack White sold out. And then I think, yeah, I was like, shoot, we should reprint this. It was a mad dash. I could attest in all the comic book groups I was in. They were all like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta buy this. We gotta buy this now. It's like $90. <laughs> I, that's what I was so worried when they reprinted it. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I gotta protect this value. So I gotta put some extra effort into it. <laughs> So when the second printing came out, I begged. All those comp copies, yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure that back we had something that was a little bit different. If I had allowed me, I would have, I would have done a completely different cover. Shoot, just called it uh, Variant Two. They underestimated Jack fans. Um, so Rob, talk to us about where you are. What are you up to these days? What's coming up? Anything you'd like to plug? We want to hear about your current artistic situation and landing spot after the disruption that you experienced in the last couple of years. So talk to us a little bit, Rob, what, what do you got going on right now? Yeah. Uh, well, as you heard, yeah, things, uh, Mondo went uh, a weird way. And then, uh, I gotta tell you, man, I'd never been fired before. That was terrifying. I, I was so new. No, it doesn't matter how many movies I'd watched. I did not know what, you got an HR meeting in the morning. That was absolutely bad news. Like me and Mitch actually talked like, well, maybe they would try to think of all these alternate things that they could have possibly wanted to talk about us in the morning. But then we saw some other folks had appointments that morning too. We're like, oh no, it, it felt terrible. As someone who was just laid off that HR meeting, uh, I I was escorted at, by my boss, Jack, stop ripping sketches out of my sketchbook. Thank you. Uh, I, was just, I was escorting... Uh, escorted by my boss. I'm like, hey, how's everything going? He's like, oh, bad. I'm like, oh, why? What's what's wrong? He's like, oh, this company. I'm like, huh, that's weird. And it, it, the chill, yeah, the minute I walked into the room, I just went, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. No, this is bad. All right. And I got really, I got really lucky. Um, the guy uh, who helped sell Mondo to Funko uh uh, Jeff Pinsker, he uh, he uh, sent me an email. I was like, "Hey, man, uh, I'm sorry. Jeez, I did not know this is this is what their plans were. Obviously." And I was like, uh, "Hey, man, do not worry about it. I don't think this is their plan either." So I went around, and then Je- Jeff said, "Hey, uh, there was another place I was interested, but they only wanted to buy uh, uh, really kind of like the record uh, section uh, part of it." Uh, uh, Vinyl, be please. And I'm gonna tell you, all these guys, they're really, really. Uh, Really good folks. I think uh, I think you should maybe talk to them. I've already reached out a little bit, and they said they'd really be interested in talking to y'all. And I was like, "You bet." Yeah. 
and had a talk. It was such a good talk. I brought the Mondo Record guys in. I said, like, you should talk to these guys too. And uh, I don't know, it went really well. I really, uh, I got to say, it changed my opinion of what a uh, company could be, VMP. It's just, I don't know, nice people who are true believers. They really want, kind of like Third Man, they really want to. Yeah. They're, they're into records. They're really into records. Our music manager, Storff, he's got like, just his tattoos are all record labels or signatures from contracts. When he's like, this is when Dolly Parton signed. <laughs> I got this right here. And I was like, yeah, this guy's in it. But I did end up uh, coming over to VMP. Uh, I can't tell you. It's super exciting. Uh, our CEO, Cam Schaefer, he he summed it up. Because I was uh, we got in there. We were, Alan and I were... Remember, they only, they only hired, ended up hiring me and Alan. Uh, the other Mondo fellows are uh, starting something else. I can't really talk about it. I'm not. I'm not involved in it. But uh, it should. There should be. Should be some news about it uh, the next uh, couple of months. They just want to wait before they do a, a big rollout. That's cool. Glad to hear that. That's uh, that's amazing. I mean, the 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 cool thing about Mondo that you're kind of carrying over into Vinyl Be Please, and hopefully the other Mondo guys are are carrying over is is just the um, the art forward, like super intensively cool packaging of of these like there's the products themselves where it kind of transcended a record or a poster so it was like a piece of art that people hung in their houses <laughs> well i'm going to dry your tears immediately because on uh october 28th on november 1st wouldn't say it, why not uh you'll see that that kind of uh attention to detail and packaging will be coming back with our first big project announced we finally it's not it's not Goonies. Goonies were still uh, getting approvals on. But uh, this other thing we worked on, I'm not kidding. It's it's crazy. It's going to be pretty nuts. I hope to God it's Goonies two, the <laughs> NES game. Uh, I hope it's a, a the, just the soundtrack to Goonies two. It is for a recent movie that uh, did a lot of business. Oh, and it wasn't Oppenheimer. I'll say that. Oh, I was about to say. Ah ha 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 ha. That would be crazy if it was. I'm like, you have to admit too, man. That <laughs> the, the, weird, the weirdest thing about working with Jack White is just how prescient his choices seem to be. The whole idea of Lazaretto going, yeah, wish I could just stay at home for a few years, but I feel like everyone is expecting me to go out. There's just some worldwide disease that could just give me the excuse, and then two years later, he got it. It's like he willed it to happen almost. Same thing with all this stuff. I feel like there's a conspiracy brewing that it wasn't a. Uh... A, a Chinese lab. It was Jack White's lab. Yeah. He's over there at Third Man. He's he's cooking it up. We used to joke that he uh, he made Mag as a he made the Mac robot, but who knows? Maybe he's got some uh, science chops. We're all just kind of scoffing, but good God, COVID is is one of those word jumbles. If you just spell it out, it, it says uh, Jack White. But Rob, we love you. <laughs> We're so happy that you are continuing to make wonderful art. Thank you for talking to us again today and for walking us through these recent records you've worked on. We hope to see a lot more. This was great talking to you. Oh, I appreciate being asked, dude, anytime. It's almost like we were all um, on our best day. <laughs> we were having our best day today. It's going to be good. I'm, I'm still, it's not, it's not over yet. It can still be a great day. Yeah. It's true. Well, hey, Dresden Dolls. That's good. It's going to be great.
the scars on my arm, and the stains on my skirt, and the dance in my car, and the things about to burst, but I'm not the carefulest girl, you can tell, by the glass on the floor, and the strings that are breaking, and I keep on breaking more, and it looks like I am shaking, and adjust the temperature, but then again, if we're any colder, I could disengage, if we're any older, I could deck my age, but I don't think that you believe me, it's not the way I'm meant to be, it's just the way the operation made me. From the state of my room But they let me out too soon And the pills that I ate Ate my cup I used to let her guts And she used to work through There I go again Tending to be Make-believe it Now I have a soul beneath the surface Trying to convince you It was accidentally on purpose I am not so serious This passion is a plagiarism I might join your century But only on a rare occasion I was taken out Before the labor pains it in And now behold the words of sex again I am the girl anachronism The Third Man Podcast was created, edited, and produced by Paul and James Kaminsky. Our theme song, We're the Third Men, was recorded by the band Radkey, who can be found at radkey.net. To contact the show, visit thirdmenpodcast.com or email thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at the third men underscore podcast on Instagram, at thirdmencast on Twitter, and search The Third Men on Facebook. Thanks to our Patreon patrons, to everyone who has rated, reviewed, and subscribed, and see you next time. I just want to say, I'm sorry I'm not contributing more. My mother-in-law decided to start leaf-blowing literally right there. I politely asked her to stop for a little bit, and she said, I'll be another two minutes. <laughs> you gotta get those leaves, man. You so, <laughs> gotta get those leaves. You gotta get them. You gotta, you gotta get them. Otherwise, otherwise, uh, otherwise uh, nature blows them over the place. You gotta beat nature to it. <laughs> it's not picking up. I don't think... Let's go back to our song. Hey everybody, Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not-for-profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100-plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process, and we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So, to help break even on some expenses like those, James and I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on it can be as much or as little as you can swing and all donations are greatly appreciated the last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough but if you would like to help us out that would be amazing all right it's all from me remember you can head to patreon.com slash third men podcast and a huge thank you to everyone who's donated already all right everybody i'll see you on the show it's probably someone spitting something in my mouth i'm sure Paul's face. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm the late night host where I keep reaching for the thing and lifting it up.
And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production, and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Well, no, it's funny because I don't know if you've seen the old uh, Meg- Migo uh, Star Trek playset, but they had these uh, the <laughs> view the big view screen that the the captain looks at. They had these cards you could change out, and one of them was the Green Hand. I mean, the Green Hand was like. It, it spoke to a lot of people when it came out. That was like the craziest thing. <laughs> it could have been a human hand. I'm sorry. Much, but the fact it was glowing green. And it just glowing cried. green holding an Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of derailing the podcast most of the time. So that's, that's just what I do. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, James, I would know nothing about that. Sitting here wearing my Star Trek Enterprise shirt. Uh, so fair uh, enough. That's, yeah. 